0: Today is February 6th. We're getting into Jake's favorite thing Shelton's platoon lineups. Can we define the word punt in baseball? Is it a thing? Hey, Key's buff, guys. And we're drafting something. It's the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Let's go. guys thank you for listening to the bridge to bucktober podcast where we talk all about them pittsburgh pirates and that my name is josh and i am joined as always by my brother jake what's up Jake? hey man how we doing doing good yeah doing good
1: um I tell you what it's it's crazy down here right now man never did I, I did i never thought about mardi gras down here dude it's a whole nother thing it's oh, a no. whole other thing down here. Oh, parades. Christ. I mean, there's so many parades, like the whole month. It's crazy man. <laughs> it's all. It's.
0: It's just. It's wild. Um, so, <laughs> this is funny. It's quick. My voice may be in and out a little bit. I I had a cold earlier this week, and if you guys have listened long enough, and you know about uh my parosmia and whatnot, then you know. If you don't, you don't. But I do occasionally, if I'm eating something that's gross for me because of that, I have to wear a nose plug to try to you know, force some food down. And I had my nose plug on and I had a cold on Monday mm-hmm. and I sneezed with the nose Ooh. plug on. And it absolutely destroyed the, bra- the back of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> By Tuesday night, couldn't make a sound. It was just completely gone and so still fighting that back um throat still kind of real irritated which makes me cough and all this stuff the cold's pretty much gone (laughs) but i'm still (laughs) dealing with this throat thing um other than just like general cold like winter allergy stuff like that which is like morning is stupid then you take your allergy pill and you're fine by lunch right um right so anyway uh, it's gonna be interesting but that was a wild experience that I I thought was worthy of sharing um <laughs> so we do have a lot to talk about we do um we have a, episode yeah we have uh, it's it's um a couple of things here specifically we're going to talk about Derek Shelton's lineups which is one of Jake's favorite things we talked about this in our roster projection thing um about the you know Jake says get a lineup go out there every day with it So we're going to take a look at that sort of a thing. Um, Also, uh, we're going to talk about the pirate spending habits or lack thereof. Um, This one's worth sticking around for um, because it's something that I think is, it's something we say a lot about, and I don't think we're really thinking of things the right way when we do. And I'm, you know, myself included. I I think that we get caught up in the spending and stick around. That's going to be worth it um and also a little bit about uh the word punt uh which we've avoided this conversation for quite a while um and then we're also going to do our draft so this week we're going to draft outfielders and catchers so we do have a lot to get into i want to get started here so the first thing i want to say which is a very quick thing is um did you see the video of key brian hayes i did um do you think that he is huge
1: no, but I think he's definitely bigger than he was last oh, year. I think he's huge. Definitely. The, the shoulder, definitely the upper
0: arm was like, oh. So the one thing I will notice too, or will say too, is that swing looks better than it has. Yeah. It yeah. seems like the the wrist and everything feels good. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, everything, all the, all the mobility and everything seem to be like, oh, yeah, he looks like he's feeling real
1: good right now.
0: Yeah,
1: I 100% agree.
0: So long as he can avoid another injury, uh, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. The bat sure. to ball skills are there. They've proven to be there. There's been numbers in the last few weeks that people have been sharing and spreading around, and you guys have all seen them. Um, man, if he could just be healthy and be right, I'm not saying this guy's like a, you know, he's a game changer, but not in the way of like, oh, yeah, he's going to put up gaudy numbers. Like, no, not like that. You know what I mean? Right. But right. I think that having him right and having him not be like just being an asset. Helps yeah. a lot, especially with what he does on defense. So, yeah, I think he looks huge myself. I think he looks a little more like a third baseman than he has been. That's the yeah, way I'll for say sure.
1: it. Definitely looks like he's put on some weight.
0: Yeah. And in a good very good, good way. Weight. Good weight, yeah. 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 A lot of times, though, I will say this. Like, guys come into spring and you're like, oh, yeah, he's looking thick or whatever. Trust me, by August, he'll be skinny again. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's baseball for you. Yeah. It absolutely destroys their, these guys' bodies. And so... Um, they have to make sure that they come into the season with added weight because that mm-hmm. weight will be shed. Yep. It's just the way it goes. So anyway, um, let's go ahead and get into this Shelton's lineup thing because, man, it is it is pretty crazy um, when I started looking up a lot of stuff. And you know me. You know I looked up a bunch of stuff, and I took the time. Mm-hmm. And way do you know what I looked up here. Um, I went to every all 30 teams, by the way. I looked at all 30 teams. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Athletic recent article, art, uh, released an article this week about the opening day roster. Uh, it was last Monday. Rob Temple talks about um, his roster projection, like you know everybody's doing right now. Uh, but he kicks it off by talking about Derek Shelton's use of many lineups, which I think is a very fair way to start things off. Because sure, you can, like we said, we can say this is our lineup, but like, what's that really mean? You know what I mean? This is right. a, This yeah. is a this is a template lineup, I guess you could say. Um but he he points out that Shelton really likes to utilize the platoon advantage. Um not just using different lineups, but using the platoon thing. We had this discussion, I did mm-hmm. it and I said, "Yeah, but we know they do the platoons." It's nice to see that like this is backed up not just a perception of mine. Mm-hmm. Um so according to Bill James, Shelton is using a lefty-righty platoon 69% of the time. Um I have numbers on how much he's using it and then we'll move on with the rest. Let me pull up my numbers here because this is wild. Um, What I looked up was the lineups that the teams used and the number of lineups that they used in the 162-game season. And also, I looked up the number of the most common lineups. So, like, if you've ran this lineup out, it's your most common lineup. We put that lineup on the field X amount of times. And we're going to do this as an exercise, Jake. I hope you're ready. We're going to do this as an exercise because I want to prove a point. And you have to cooperate with me here. And just, like, (laughs) give me a ballpark, right? But Mm -hmm. it also, um, I I wrote some notes about it, but I also put how many players per slot, one through nine, that all of these teams used. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So let me just tell you, how many lineups do you think the Pirates used last year in 161 games? Different lineups.
1: Hmm. Man, I would say it, go ahead I and have, be be I negative no about it. Be negative. I did, not, I did not look into this stuff because I, I I know um that's the I, whole point. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say at least 75.
0: Oh no. No, be, be for real. Don't give don't give benefit of the doubt here. What do you think it is?
1: I mean, my goodness. That's I mean, I'm I'm thinking, I'm way off the mic. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I sat back to think and was like, hey, you can't hear me. Um is was the North of a hundred.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's not a team in baseball that uses less than a hundred lineups.
1: Are you serious? I'm a
0: hundred percent serious.
1: I'm actually surprised about to hear that.
0: I'm just going to tell you just the sake of time, because then you can start getting a ballpark. The pirates used 156 variations of a lineup last year. A hundred. They used, they used a similar lineup. Um, twice. Six different variations of the lineup they used twice. The rest of them were were singular. That is absurd. Okay. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. If I look down through, um, anybody, I'll just give you this. Cincinnati's 151. St. Louis, 152. Chicago Cubs, 150. Okay? I'm just doing the ones over 150. Miami, 154. San Francisco, 153. Colorado, 153. 152 Minnesota, 158 Chicago White Sox, 158, 161 Detroit Tigers. They only used one lineup twice, only used one lineup twice, every day but two. They had a different lineup. Um, uh, 158 for Tampa, 158 for Oakland, 153 for Angels, 151 for Seattle. That is the lowest number on the list. There's 125 for Milwaukee. 123 for the Dodgers, that makes sense. That's it. Nobody else even in the 120s. Everybody else is over 130 different lineups. So now I'll tell you that. Now I'll ask you this. What do you think as far as the common lineup? So you you know what I, you get what I'm saying when I say that, right? Like we took this lineup. It was our most used lineup. The number of times that lineup was most used. So I just told you the Dodgers are at 123 lineups and Milwaukee's 125. So... The, I, I'll 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 bury the lead here. They're not the mo- their most common lineup is not the highest number of games with their most common lineup. But what do you think that number is? There's two teams with that number, and then Milwaukee and Dodgers are second. With with what that is is the number of times that they used their most common lineup. Eight. That's exactly right. That you nailed okay. that. <laughs> Listen.
1: After hearing that data, like, geez, I knew it I knew it couldn't have been a
0: high. Houston and Boston used the uh, the same lineup, used a common lineup eight times last season. And the Dodgers and uh, Milwaukee had their highest was seven. And there's a couple, there's only two teams, so I can name them. San Francisco and Kansas City six times. They used the same. And then from there it just goes down. I mean, it is a lot. Now, uh, while well, I will say Boston and Houston also had it six. Doesn't
1: sound right. To so
0: me. the Dodgers had seven common, like seven times they used the common lineup, and then actually there was a, a, a two different lineups that they used six times. So they're pretty common. Milwaukee was seven for their top one, and then they had four. They had four different lineups that they ran out there four times. So um, yeah. And, and I'm saying like the lowest number, like when you look at some of these teams, and this is where it starts to make sense for you. Like, let me, let me read Atlanta. They're at 129. They were another 120s. Atlanta was at 129. Their most common lineup they used five times. Their second most common four times. And then they had three or four different lineups that they ran out there three times. But if you look at that, they had six different leadoff hitters, eight different two hitters, six different three hitters, eight different four hitters, eight different five hitters. The back half of that lineup, 16, 16, 17, 14, because that's where it changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Acuna was batting first 115 times. Swanson batted second 102 times. And Riley third 103 times. Most of the time, those three guys were out there. But you shift what's going on in some of the rest of them. Yeah, now, I guess that makes a little more and sense. And this isn't just defensive lineup either. This could be like, well, halfway through the year, we moved Schwarber out of the three hole and put him in the leadoff hole. You know what I'm saying? That's a different mm-hmm. lineup now. So things like yeah. that happen. So when you start thinking of those sort of things, I will say this, though, um, because, well, I want to get I want to get into these numbers a little bit more because I want to compare some other teams. Mookie Betts batted first 138 times. Uh, Freeman and Turner, Trey Turner, batted second 83 and 78 times, and then third 76 and 59 times. So most of the time it was Betts-Turner-Freeman or Betts-Freeman-Turner. For most of the season. But then the back half of that's going to change a little bit, and things like that are going to happen. Dude, Washington, who traded Juan Soto in July, Juan Soto was still their most commonly used second and third hitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was He was batted second 61 times and third 39 times, and nobody else matched that after he left because they were just moving parts everywhere. Yeah, Goldschmidt and Arenado hardly ever moved. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Um, Willie Adamas with Milwaukee, 136 times in the two hole. Right. So you're seeing these guys with good players and they don't move around much. Uh, Mullins with Baltimore, even though they had only three different lineups that they, that they or four different lineups. They repeated three times, but Mullins still batted first 141 times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Mets were one of the biggest. They only had one lineup they put out there four times. Three more lineups they put out there three times, but Nimmo, 140 times leading off. Marte, 107 times batting second. Lindor, 133 times batting third. Alonzo, 150 times batting fourth. Their, their core lineup hardly ever changed. Yeah. So those sort of things are what you can understand as common. Philly, most of the year had Schwarber Hoskins 1-2. So, you know what I mean? You start to get that. To break it down a little bit more for just the Pirates, now that we've set the table there, um, Reynolds batted second 124 times. We had our good player. We put him in a spot. We didn't move him. That kind of makes me feel a little bit better about it. Yes, there were 10 different two-hitters, but most every day it was Reynolds. You know what I mean? No other player had 50 times in a spot. Uh, Hayes, first and third, 39 and 49 times. He was the most common third hitter um, and first hitter, I believe. Um, Vogelback was our most common four hitter at 42 times. Gamble hit uh, fourth 41 times. And then our our last leader was uh, Jason DeLay hitting ninth 46 times. Other Mm. than that, it moved around and changed. And so that kind of tells you. So the I have some questions on this. Um, I don't know how far I want to go into this. I'm looking at the time here. Um, man, if you really want to break it down, like Shelton's time here, he used 156 lineups last year. He used 150 the year before that. And then in 20 out of 60 games, he used 57 different lineups. He's obviously moving around quite a bit. I looked at Hurdle's numbers just to see if this is a Shelton thing. We already know it's kind of not, but he's still on the top end of this. Um, in 19, Hurdle used 131 lineups out of 161 days. Uh, by the way, Reynolds batting second 93 times. Uh, but there was a lot more common players, yeah. right? Like Marte third 90 times, Bell fourth 140 times, Frazier and Newman first 78 and 74 times. It was mostly Frazier and Newman at leadoff. In 18, 128 lineups. Um, but it was kind of all over the place. Um Mostly Jordy Mercer in the eight spot. <laughs> um, which was a tough spot because we're talking about pitching lineups too, you know, and we ignored yep. pitchers at this time, which I think I think you get more variations when you have the nine hitters rather than only eight hitters. Yeah. So this kind of plays in favor of that. 125 and 16, 108 and 15. Oh. 123 and 14, 127 and 13, those are low. Eleven and twelve, hundred and thirty four, hundred and thirty three. But in those years, you had Kutch hitting in the three hole. Mm-hmm. And you had Marte hitting lead off or Marte, or you know Alvarez hitting you know in a certain spot. And it kind of reminds me like there still wasn't a lot of real common spots, but it was the idea that like they were running a lineup out there. In 15 and 16, they had a lineup that they ran out there. In 15, they had two lineups. One time they ran it out there 12 times, one time they ran out there 10. And then 16, they had a lineup that they ran 14 times. John Jaso batting first most of that time and Cutch either second or third because that's when they started moving Kutch to second. And then they moved him back to third in 17 126 times and then the rest is history. But the point is, is yeah, I mean, it changed a lot then too, but what you saw back in the the play, postseason runs is those lineups regulated and you used a lot less. Yeah. So what does that mean? Does that mean a team full of players that are good maybe the lineup sticks around a little longer right is this yeah. the, is this the talent does change does this change with a better idea of who your best players are and and let me back this sure. up and then get your thoughts here cuz rob goes on to point out i say that rob goes out because i didn't read bill james handbook so i'm going off of what rob said rob goes out to point out that in the in the handbook it states that a platoon system gives you about 17 extra runs a season James wrote, you can pretty easily lose 17 runs in a season two if you're not putting your best players on the field. If you're short of talent, I think it's smarter to keep your best players in the lineup as much as you can rather than hunting for small percentage advantages. So let me ask you this about Shelton's lineups, which by the way, Brian Reynolds was in the same spot in the lineup 124 times last year. So in your opinion, like, did they keep their best player in the lineup? Yeah. How many yeah. best players did the pirates have last year?
1: Right. Yeah. And so
0: and, when you look at those platoon advantages, I'm, I'm going to give you this now, okay? This is the last good. thing. When you give me those platoon advantages, are we not including, well, we're using the platoon advantages where our best players aren't?
1: Yeah, and that's fair. Um, I think knowing a lot or hearing a lot of this information. I feel as though, or I think as though that core, we're starting to get that core. We're getting to the point where we can start setting our like one through four, one through three guys. And those should be the guys that don't move around very much. Could be one through one through three. It could be two through four. But I feel like, I feel like we're getting there to where we got those three, maybe, you know, Two to two to four players that can be a solid foundation for this team moving forward, and those are the guys you don't want to move around a lot. And if Reynolds is or is not a part of that, is I'm, I'm taking that out of the equation. Because right. As of right now, he is a corner. He's he's a core. He's on the field. He's he's yeah, not he's a, he's a platoon player. And you know, we have how many switch hitters in this lineup too? Yeah. You know what I mean? So. So I, I, I don't know. I, that, that's what I see. I see the core sticking around more, and I think I th- we got more than one now.
0: Yeah, I think Hopefully. that. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, well, I think he Brian's there. Play. I think yeah, I think Cruz is there. You know what I mean? He's going to play both ways. Mm-hmm. But what could yeah. change to me is not whether the guys are on the field or off the field. Is I would still have a righty and lefty lineup, right? If you'd know, like, you know, I, I don't know if you've got a guy who's exceptional against hit, hitting against lefties and he's like league average against righties, I don't mind putting him in the top of the order and and bumping a left-handed hitter who might struggle against that lefty to the five spot, so long as they're both playing and they both know that it's happening, right? And it's not just like, yeah. well, today you're hitting fifth, tomorrow you're hitting sixth, next day you're hitting seventh, then you're going to bump you up to two. And Like, no, 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 no. Like, if you understand that, hey, when there's a lefty on the mound, I hit fifth, when there's a righty on the mound, I hit second or Or first. To me, a good example of that would be Key Bryan. You know, against righties, I would like to see him batting sixth. But against lefties, I don't care if you put him leadoff or three. Like, I'm confident. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just depends on what you want to do with Reynolds and Cruz and and how you want to do that. If you don't want Cruz batting leadoff against a lefty, I think I'd understand that. If you wanted Cruz batting leadoff against righties, I think I'd understand that. And so the way that I could do that is if I could just have a leadoff hitter against lefties, okay, that's easy. Key Brian Hayes hits lefties well. So let's do that. And I'm not, these aren't my answers. I'm using these as hypotheticals. Okay. Right. Um right. but I'm just, you know, just to keep just to keep the conversation moving. I don't mind that, but I think in that case, your best players are on the field. I'm not sure. taking my best players out so that they play. You would make this argument, and this is uh, we've got a couple of minutes. You would make this argument where I was, t- I was playing a a different player on the field against lefties rather than Jack Sewinsky, and you were you're the one saying, "Hey, let him play." Yeah, I want to see what he is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm not saying, and I think I said this last week too, but I'm not saying if hey we're facing a lefty today and Sawinski's around the. Fluctuate their days off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't mm. schedule
1: their days off. Yeah. Okay. Don't go
0: down that one. Stick with the
1: (laughs) right. So (laughs) when you're going to give him a day off, yep. We're in that, we're in that parameter of, hey, he's going to need a day off here soon. Well, we're facing a lefty on this day. So let's, let's give him that day. Yeah. Fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. But But, if you're using it consistently as a, uh, to try to get a platoon advantage, are you, The question is, is who's coming in for him and what is your level of confidence in that player coming in? Because if it's not as much, if you're just trying to get – put it this way, if you're putting in Michael Chavis, which this is why it's super hypothetical, because he hits lefties well, you may still be – I don't know, because Chavis, I mean, he was a (laughs) – against lefties, he's a respectable hitter, right? I mean, he's going to be – you know so i I don't know I don't know who Jack Swinsky is yet. I don't know if he's a career platoon guy, but you know guys like Jock Peterson have shown that just leave him in and it keeps him going, yeah, and you're still gonna get some production out of them against lefties so I think that's a I think that's a respectable thing. I just wanted to kind of point out like we don't understand what those numbers really are right and like I said, if you go there with a core of one through four. <clears throat> As we start to fade out here. And, and we're getting close to our. We're, we're actually at our break right now. So this is kind of closing out. Um, if we get there close where we're one through four, one through five, maybe even one through six, where we start to have a solidified common lineup that only fluctuates a very little, <clears throat> then I think that you're gonna see still that back half is still gonna cover a lot of lineups. But yeah. Um the way of the game right now is the team with the uh, least amount of lineups in 161 games is 123. <laughs> right. 123 different lineups. And I didn't go too far back with any other team except for last year. I, there was a couple teams that were the high volume teams that I did go back with, but um, I don't have time to share those numbers, but um, different managers, like they just didn't fluctuate much. Like it's been like that for a few years anyway. So it's wild. Even Tony La Russa had a lot of lineups. So that to me is like That's oh because
1: he couldn't remember what he ran out from the day before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be right back and talk about money. <laughs> he didn't remember what he was doing. I can't even find this. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. And we're back here on the Bridge to October podcast. Thanks, guys, for sticking around. Um, let's get into this next thing. And um, I want to be very clear, first and foremost, about the intent of this is to... Join the discussion here, and we've had the discussion here uh, a little bit on Twitter, and and you know I know Yark has been a part of that. Yark, I know you're listening, and so you're you're really wanting to hear about the punt stuff. Um, now, obviously, uh, this comes from from DK most commonly, uh, who talks about the punt stuff and the daily shots that he runs. And I love the daily shots; listen to him every day when I can. I also work when I listen to him, so of course I miss some things, which DK pointed out to me this week. And DK, if you do listen to this, I did listen to Thursday on the one part and you're right. You did talk about it and I totally missed it. (laughs) So (laughs) that's, that's great. Uh, but, and I did totally miss it, but it does make sense and I hear exactly what you're talking about in that. And I might get to that, but he's using the word punning, And, you know, we talk about this and it's like, Oh, you know, you know, there's different opinions and different levels of what punt is and what the pirates are doing. And are they punting? Are they trying to win? What are they doing? And where does this go? Um, the thing that uh that I want to kind of point out and we'll get to is using payroll to make the argument. That's where we're going to end up. Let's go ahead and join this discussion about punning and see where we're at and I will and I will tell you this that he's even said if there's another word to describe it let me know. So maybe there is, maybe there's not, but what does punt mean to you? What does it mean to me? Are the Pirates punning? Are they not? That's what we're going to get into. I think that's a pretty good enough setup. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's start here. What is a punt? Is a punt the worst thing even? So I'm going to do my best. And I have this written down. I'm going to mostly read this so I don't mess it up. And then, and then, you know, then we'll see where we're at. A punt, from my understanding of it anyway, is a football term where you give the other team the ball. Okay. Now, obviously, this is now I'm going to stick to punt in football here. You're not going to hear like a parallel here because you don't give the other team a ball. Right. Okay. So a fourth, is it a forfeit type thing? Is it, uh, do you punt on first down? Is it tanking to lose on purpose? Is punt and tanking the same thing? I don't see it that way. I see punting as a strategy. Um, You see the likelihood of your team getting a first down is not good. You decide to punt the ball to back up the other team and give yourself a chance to get the ball back with better field position the next time your offense takes the field, rather than going for it on 4th and 15 on your own 35, which to me seems silly. Um, So there. There. You could say the Pirates were staring at fourth and 25 when Ben Sherrington took over. <laughs> but however you, uh, how, how, uh, however you do it, um, let's go for it. Let's not even fake punt. Let's not even look like we're going to. We just go. Let's not trade any of those players. No Marte trade, no Cole trade, even though that was before him, but let's just for, for the sake of our illustration here, no mm-hmm. Cole trade, no tie on trade, so on. All of those players are now gone because of free agency. They're gone. We do not have those players anymore at this point in time, right? We went back. Yeah. We didn't trade them. They're all gone now. We also don't have Jack Sewinsky, Ronzi Contreras, David Bednar, Will Crow, Andy Rodriguez, Kanan Smith and Jigba, Tuka Marcano, Johan Oviedo, Colin Holderman, Malcolm Nunez, L- L- Leo Vipigaro, Kyle Nicholas, Dowry. Do I need to keep going? <laughs> because there's a bunch of, those are just the notable there's ones. Lot. There's yeah. more. We don't yeah. have any of those players. That team in t- 2019 lost 93 games. That included the Cole trade, that we had Musgrove on that team. We had Colin Moran on that team, you know what I mean? So, But Musgrove, let's talk about the guys that were actually helpful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have had Musgrove or Cole in 2019. Cole would have been already gone to free agency at that time. The last time Garrett Cole was on the team, Kutch was still on the team, and they lost 87 games. The likelihood uh Okay, first off, this is not foolproof, right? There was also the Archer thing thrown in there, which actually was them going for it that was actually an all-in move right to go get archer even though you know think what you want of it i mean i know we don't think very well of it so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know who could in hindsight right right um but the idea was that was his goal his goal he thought he was going for it the point is um we probably do not convert that fourth and 15 with that team correct we were already losing more than we were winning so, we don't convert on fourth and 15. We did not give ourselves good field position. We're buried. Even if our defense is good, eventually we're giving up a safety and punting again. Over and over, this continues to happen. So, you punt. You have to. It puts yourself in a better position the next time and the next time until you're at the point where you're getting fourth and two in their red zone now you push and go for it and you, and convert and win. Because fourth and two, I mean, that's about your chance to win even when you have the best team you could possibly have. I mean, sure. the Pirates won 98 games back in 15 and lost in one game, and they were out mm-hmm. of it. So it doesn't matter how like well you're set up. Anything can happen when you get to the postseason. So you're still on fourth down at that point in this illustration, right? Yeah. So is this, where, is this what the Pirates are doing this season? We know that we've punted. And I'm actually okay with the punt because I think that's what a rebuild is, right? You punt so that you can give yourself better position. And so at this point, are we still punting is the next question. So we've defined what the punt is and what we think of it. And and this is basically what I'm saying at this point is that's our understanding of the word. At least it's mine. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I
1: think that's, I think that was a great way to describe it.
0: Okay. So then at this point, do you see what the Pirates are doing 2023 wise are they still punting
1: yeah you ha- you have to be um cuz you got to keep continuing to set yourself up for the next year until you're really
0: really sure you're ready to go yeah i think it's interesting i think we're man i think
1: I... we're punting right now i think we're punting on like 4th and 8
0: okay or
1: 4th you know we're not 4th and 15 we're not 4th and 20 like we're we're getting that the yardage closer and closer to where we're not we're gonna be able to go for it.
0: Yeah, this is interesting that we keep going down this path with this illustration. Eventually we're gonna hit a point where we're saying it doesn't work anymore. But I I do get it because then it's like, okay, well also what's your field position? Are we at the 50 yard line yet? Because I think that's gonna to play too, whether you go for it on fourth down. Where are you at on are we on are we at the 50 yard line yet?
1: I would say we're if we're not, we're awfully close. I mean Yeah I, I that's think I think there. that's
0: there too. I think you're you don't you don't go for it at the 50 yard line. You wait till you're about at the 40 Right, and you got to be around. You know, actually, even fourth and eight, I'm okay going for it if I'm in good field position. Um, When you when you think of the illustration, when you're not thinking of football, when you think of the illustration, you're saying like, yeah, I mean, even if it's a little bit of a shot, but you're in a good place. uh, I think maybe it's still okay to go for it a little bit. Um, I do. I think they're going for it. No, no, I don't think that one year deals to figure out first base is going for it. I don't think that one year, you know. Uh, a one-year deal on a catcher who eventually will be a backup catcher, hopefully, if things go well, um, right. I don't think is going for it. Um, so I think that there's, you know, situations like that. So I don't really know if if they're punning right now. It doesn't feel the same as it has. It feels like they finally paid attention to the Major League team and where there are actual holes. I like the yes. fact they didn't block anyone. Nobody's blocked in the moves that they made. You could say Oviedo-Ortiz, but I think that that's – more of like a they're buying them time um, and the pitching wise because pitching is fragile, basically yeah um so what I want to really move this into is the idea that the fans that I've talked to and and uh, who have joined in these things, they keep going back to payroll and saying, how can they not be punning if they're only spending sixty to 70 million? And I think that's where I break down in this conversation in this discussion is saying, um, that the money itself is where is where this takes a turn and so that's the you know when I say hey Steinbrenner's money doesn't buy wins yeah and that's the you know one way to 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 do it um, you don't have to have a high payroll to win games now I'm not suggesting this team is, like, ready to win a bunch of games. I'm not suggesting that there aren't places to fill guys in. <clears throat> but we talk about payroll as if it will just automatically win games. So so let's do two scenarios. Spend money on better players who will replace the players right now, who we kind of like some of these guys. Right. But let's replace them. Let's replace second base who cares about the pipeline of guys we have coming up? Who cares about Castro and Bay? We don't care about those options. Payroll is secondary, again. Or the other option is just pay the players. Let's give O'Neill Cruz an extension. Let's give Brian Reynolds an extension. Let's give uh, Mitch Keller an extension. Uh, who else we got? Who could who could who could use an extension and use more money? You got anybody that um, I didn't say? Let's do. We already got Key. <clears throat> Let's do Rowanzi. Let's do Bednar. <clears throat> Let's give them all extensions. Let's see if we can get up to that hundred million. Yeah. Okay. Now we're spending hundred million. We're gonna win more games. We we'll got the same exact team on the field.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. You we'll
0: get the same exact team on the field. Yeah. But we spent more money, so we're gonna win more games, right? And and some of those guys are now comfortable because they got a guaranteed deal. Okay, you're actually trying to prove the point, so that.
1: <laughs> no, the opposite.
0: Oh yeah they're, guys, some, okay. yeah, they're not fighting for it. Okay, you're
1: not fighting for a contract. Anymore. Oh,
0: okay. And that's a proven thing. Some mm-hmm. it happens.
1: It, it's yeah. not a guaranteed. Like it's obvious. Some not guys a get comfortable
0: where that. they don't feel like they're pressing, and then they're just yeah. able to go out and play. So, I, I, but I get yeah. where you're going there. That's actually better. So, we need to be motivated by getting good players, mm-hmm. not spending more money. Does do the two kind of happen together? Yeah, they do. But I think first and foremost, you have to get good players. How do you get good players? There's three ways. There's draft and development, there's trades, and there's free agency. Or draft, international signings, and development, right? Let's include that with the draft piece, right? It's acquiring amateur players um, and developing them, trades, or free agency. But the draft and development piece, the, the amateur and development piece, and the trades have to come first. Yeah. And then... Free agency. Dude, if you're staring at 4th and 15, I'm not coming to your team. (laughs) Right. You're at 4th and 2. Let's talk. You can't do free agency until you've done the others. The Pirates are still working on the others. We don't know what we have. And I'm going to pick on two guys here. We don't know what we have in Swinski and Castro. Those are the two I'm going to pick on. Interchange those with your favorite players. Not that those two are my favorite, but those are the two that I, I like right now that I think I want to see more from. Ji Huan yeah. is close on that list, right? Ji Huan could possibly be the, the one-two punch to that as well. Um, but, like, you don't know what you have out of these guys yet. Any of the three. I'm going to stick to the two just for the sake of a, an illustration and making it less words. If if you're making record projections based off a of payroll, then Cleveland had no shot of making the postseason last year, whose payroll was less last year than the Pirates is this year, uh, and that includes a guy that made twenty million dollars last year, so really really low. Take him out of the lineup; they probably collectively made less money than the, or spent more money than the Pirates did last year. But that's not what happened on the field, and that's because they had good players on their team, not because they spent money or didn't spend money or anything. They've traded as many players as the Pirates have over the years, and their middle infield was a product of trading Francisco Lindor. Mm-hmm. They had to do it, right? Oh, and by the way, they made it to the postseason with Austin Hedges just to throw that in there. It's maybe not the end of the world that he's your catcher. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Beside the point. <laughs> but the thing is, is like we talk about spending, spending money like it's, like it's going to win us more games, and I think spending money for no reason is, is just absolutely silly. Um, and I'm not sitting here saying that the the pirates are doing everything right, but um, to go back to the Swinsky and Castro thing, you know, if we just signed guys to play corner outfield and second base and said, "Sorry, guys, you're going to be backups," then add them to the list of guys who made it big somewhere else, yeah, because they didn't get their opportunity here, and we'll have a half decent ten million dollar second baseman who played two years and had a two point three WAR to show for it, and then they're going to go play six years somewhere else and hit. 20 to 25 to 30 homers a year. <clears throat> I'm not saying this is what they will do, but it's what they. It's what, yeah, this obviously. is something that could happen. And if we just, yeah. it, it's not smart. It's not sustainable. They spent money on first base this year, a position that no one would be blocked. We had no options at first base. Let's get right. real. We had none. Malcolm Nunez and Mason Martin were not an option for 2023. Right. So no one knocking. That's a good thing. They spent money at a good position. Where they, re- they haven't done this. They haven't done this yet. This is what we've been calling for. And, and I'll even say this. We called last year, go sign a corner outfielder, play corner outfielder. We got nobody to do it. And we were happy, you and I, and I'm calling me and you out. We would have been happy with Gamble, Reynolds, and another and a free agent outfielder to play. Mm-hmm. Now, had we done that, we would not know 19 home runs from Jack Swinski. So, maybe we right. were wrong, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty in all these situations, sure. and maybe yeah. Ben Gammel would have been a fourth outfielder, which I think is probably his best position um and I don't say that to I just think that you know he would be a valuable player if he's your supplemental outfielder, yeah, um you just can't bring in someone to block Swinsky or Castro or Bay or mitchell c s n Swaggerty, like we don't know yet. it doesn't make sense to do that yet, right. Give them a shot. If they don't work out, then for 24, we know where we need to fill more holes. First base, by the way, will be one of those positions again in 24 (laughs) that we'll need to do. But if this team shows up, let's say Sawinski and Castro do hit, maybe what you sign at first base isn't a one-year deal. Maybe it's like a legit player who signs a five-year deal because they now see, oh, I can help that team go to the next step. Yeah. What do you got on this, man? What do you? I know I talked a lot and and I told you I was going to this week, and it is what it is. And I'm looking at the time, and we're right exactly where we were. We had our technical difficulties and whatnot on the video side, but um, yeah, what no, do you got?
1: I, I think I think you've hit it like directly on the head. Like I I, I don't have much to to combat there. Um,
0: Anything it, to it add makes, though? I'm not asking you to disagree. No, with no
1: I, yeah, no, I know. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's about the players, not the money.
0: The, the money, money comes
1: <clears throat> because you have good players and you want to keep them, and that's where a lot of us are struggling. With you know, give give some guys extensions.
0: Yeah, I mean specifically you know, it, right now we're it's it's yeah, Brian Reynolds. Yeah, you that, know what I'm saying right,
1: right. Let's get a deal done. Let's he wants to be here, but if you're not gonna give him what he's worth, he's not gonna stick around.
0: No, I mean you can say I want to be somewhere, but I can't be. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's not you know. I, I want to play for the Pirates next year. That's not gonna happen, guys. So just because I want to doesn't mean that it's Thank in the goodness. cards. Yeah, really. You wanna talk about <laughs> you wanna talk about Anthony Alfred. You wait till you see me swing and miss at, at ninety-five. Holy cow. You'd even see faces from me. Like I'd swing and then go, boom, like I got no shot. <laughs> at least those guys look confident. I'd be like, Oh yeah, right. Who can hit that? <laughs> Oh, shoot. All right, so anyway, we'll fill a roster. We'll <clears throat> this is our take. We'd love to hear what you guys think. We'd love to hear how nutso you think we are. I mean, if you're nice about it and you're civil and reasonable about it, we'll have conversations with you. Um, you know, if, if you're not coming in with, you know, you're the dumbest person I've ever met and stuff like that. But the thing <laughs> is to me is like if our, if our conversations didn't start with payroll, I think that we could have a different conversation about this 2023 team coming up. Yeah. I, I just, I really think we, even paying a guy in general doesn't guarantee anything. I mean, Christian Yelich just is is handicapping the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, mm-hmm. I still am in that camp that says, yeah, but he could still become a productive player again. It's there. Yeah, It's there. Yeah. He's just struggled. But it certainly can happen. So anyway, all right, deep breath. Woo hope we're all good there. I mean, I really feel like this was something that I felt like I um, we've talked about briefly, but I wanted to really kind of nail it down and say we have to change the, the root of our conversation. Winning yeah. games doesn't start with payroll. Payroll is completely secondary. If we have holes that we're not filling because of payroll situations, that's obvious. That's still the problem. It's currently the problem. Yeah. But winning games with the crew that we have right now, payroll is not necessarily the problem. Right. I mean, you could argue that it is right, but not in, not as a whole. And the reason I say <laughs> that, I know I'm repeating myself. You're right.
1: <laughs> I really wasn't saying, but okay. oh, okay,
0: okay, because I felt like I was. I was like, I'm going to say something. <laughs> you, you, I've already you were, said, but yeah. <laughs>
1: but you, you never want to go spend money to block somebody, like you said too. Like
0: yeah, well, and it's just still the idea that if you start with payroll, then signing somebody to an extension automatically makes this team better, and it's the same exact team, same team, yeah, the same team. So. It's, That's that right there. In and of itself, tells you that a higher payroll doesn't change. Even if you
1: even if you sign somebody to an extension, you're not increasing this year's payroll. Well, if if the extension starts this year,
0: if the extension would start this year, they would. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to sign you're not going to sign O'Neill Cruz to an extension and keep him on a on a league minimum. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, but
1: extensions like that they never kick in that year.
0: Uh very. I I actually had this conversation too. I and I said very rarely, and then. Um, I was kind of pointed in the same way, like, oh, I think it happens more than you think. Hmm. So, I, you know, I, I think that there's probably some truth to that. I mean, okay. so anyway, okay. let's get into our draft. We've got some time here to get into our draft here. Um, and last week was the pitching draft. We had a couple comments on it. Pirate Takes, at Pirate Takes, mentioned that he wanted to see the numbers of Chris Benson and Jason Schmidt. Thought that they would have been mentioned. He also liked Oliver Perez. Uh, as like a fan pick kind of thing and was glad that Grilly got mentioned. Um,
1: Yeah, I I definitely, definitely clicked on Jason Schmidt very early in my uh, uh, research. Research. There you go. Thank you. Um, His numbers just were not good in Pittsburgh, man. They they Uh, weren't. Good.
0: They're they're just not going to make this list.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were okay.
0: I was even looking because Oliver Prez, you know, kind of had like a year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And Chris Benson was kind of on that list where he had like, you know, Oh yeah. Like look at that year. Oh, but then it did that.
1: Yeah. I definitely had Benson and Schmidt's baseball reference pages open.
0: Yeah. And Schmidt actually never in, in a single season never got under four. Yeah. Which was surprising to me that my memory had him a little better than that. So that was an interesting uh, pull up there. And then also Pittsburgh Pirate Queen at Pittsburgh Pirates Queen uh, picked my draft to be the winner, by the way. The only vote we got this week, which means I win, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and offered us her draft, which was, uh, and I'm going to read it the way that she said it because I like the nicknames <clears throat> being on there, which she could have went with Frankie, but she went with Lirianta, Liriano. Liriano, Batman, Cole, Ground Chuck, and Mark the Shark. So she did throw Charlie Morton in there. You said last week, like, ah, you know, you wanted to put him in there a little bit, you know.
1: Yeah, if he was a little more consistent in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You just never knew what you were going to get.
0: Yep. So this week, Jake is going to go first, and we'll remind anybody who maybe didn't listen last week, we're drafting five players each. This week is outfielders and catchers. Um, The players, uh, the player pool that we're going off of is Pirates players between 1990 and 2022, based on their stats from their times with the Pirates, not as they left or before they came or last week, Doug Drabeck was brought up because he had some good years prior to 1990, but those couldn't be considered um, even though he's still the number one overall pick. So (laughs) there's a player this week who I think um, they'll, they'll maybe play a little bit of that. Oh yeah. But some of that was before, right? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I do not feel confident in my draft this week. I'll tell you that much. Just not confident, really? and I also don't have my word document brought up, so I can't type these as we go. Just totally forgot to do that part of it.
1: I feel I feel pretty good about this one actually.
0: Yeah, I I I just kind of when I was looking through, I was like, yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know where I'm at. Welcome so, to the second pick. Welcome to the second pick. Go I was ahead. Not
1: comfortable last week because I had the second pick. So with the number one pick in the outfielder draft,
0: I'm going to take Andrew McCutcheon. I think okay. it's a slam dunk. I think that's a slam dunk. <laughs> I definitely would have uh, would have picked the same exact person, first off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we have to even talk about that right. And reluctantly, right. that means my first pick, it just has to be. There's just no option for it not to be Barry Bonds. Yeah. Um, And I actually feel a little bit better about the fact that I'm picking him in a list that only counts his Pittsburgh days. <laughs> Jerk or not, he was a good player.
1: Yeah, he was definitely second on my list. Yeah. Um, But I'll go down to my number three guy, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and draft. Oh, you know what? This is is a little tougher. I got two Bryans here.
0: (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and draft Reynolds. Brian Reynolds? Brian Reynolds. Okay. So, Brian Reynolds was number four on my list, which means you gave me my number three guy.
1: He was number four on my list, too, but I just changed my mind.
0: Okay. Well, it's certainly not the same guy as me, so you can go ahead and have both of those guys which is unfortunate because that guy was number six on my list, but I will go with Andy Vance. Like, There's a little, on mine. little bit of, uh, <clears throat> maybe a little bit of fan favorite there, but nice. either way, <clears throat> your next pick was sixth on my list. Go ahead. Brian Giles? Yep. Just when you said him. Brian's, I'm looking at my list.
1: Yeah, he hit, he hit the ball over the fence a lot. Yeah, I get it.
0: I, for me, there's just a slight bit of the uh, uh, PED thing that, that slights me. I know that the numbers on the field are what they are and it's fine, but if I'm picking, I I would have he he was still on my list. He's uh, just yeah, he's just down on my yeah. list. So my next guy is going to be Starling Marte. All
1: right. I'm going to go ahead and take Jason Bay then.
0: Not e- not even in my top 10. Really? He's on my list. Man, he
1: had he, man he had some good seasons. Not on my
0: top 10. I I never was really never was really into him.
1: Uh, it's fine. You don't have to be into him, but the production was there. <laughs> it's true. I wasn't into Bonds <laughs> either.
0: But I was not into Bay for different reasons. I always thought, like, yeah, when's this going to run out? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just, that's what I thought. Four.
1: I, I'm just saying I just drafted four of my top five guys.
0: Yeah. Jason yeah. Bay was n- literally number 11 on my list. Mm. Um, this draft's going quick. It's going very quick. So what do I have left? I've got two outfielders on my list. And two catchers. And because of this, because you have the first pick, I don't think I uh ooh, that's interesting. I am gonna let this ride. I'm gonna go with my next in line. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Bobby Benilla <laughs> I heard the dang it. I'm gonna in there. say
1: dang it just because I was hoping you'd go catcher there because I'm I'm done with outfielders.
0: You're done completely with outfielders? Other well, we're than you said, five guys. Well, right. So the one catcher. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you only have a catcher left. Okay, well, so the reason – I'm playing this this way. I have two catchers, and whatever you don't pick, I'll pick. So
1: Exactly, and I was hoping you'd just make it easy on me and take one of them (laughs)
0: because
1: I really like picking one of these two guys. I can't really pick one over the other. They're like – to me, they're – but I'm going to go ahead and take Russell Martin and let you have Kendall.
0: Okay, so what's really funny is that's exactly who I'm going to pick And now that you said Russell Martin. Um, I was going to jump ahead to make my pick – before you got your catcher in just to say, like, he's already done with outfielders. I can throw my catcher out there, and I can get whatever outfielder I want. Yeah. So I don't know why I didn't stick with that, except for the fact that when I looked at my two catchers, I had Russell Martin as my number seven draft pick, and Jason Kendall as my number eight. To be fair, Bobby Benia is my number nine, like when I made my top ten here. And then I, like, because I don't have the numbers in front of me, I thought am I really going to pick Russell Martin over Jason Kendall? Am I going to do that? Um, so I must've been like, and then the fact that you picked Martin first, there must be something there that says, I mean, he was only here for two years, but those numbers are so convincing and he made such of a big deal on a winning team. Yeah. what his, he, you know,
1: if you like and I'm not, you know, I'm not huge on war, but if you like war, it's like two or three higher. Like it's, a significant difference uh, like per year Marshall, while Mark. he was there yeah
0: <clears throat> but yeah and like maybe both, that's part of what i if i could
1: have if i could have both of my wood but oh, there's no doubt for yeah. this it's you know we're both we both have a solid
0: cap. yeah okay so let's do a reminder here uh my draft is barry bonds andy van Slyke, starling Marte, bobby bonilla jason kendall And that goes up against yours of Andrew McCutcheon, Brian Reynolds, Brian Giles, and Jason Bay and Russell Martin. Is this interesting to you? This is the way my brain works. Is this interesting to you that you have Andrew McCutcheon and then the guy Andrew McCutcheon was traded for, Brian Reynolds, and then you picked Brian Giles and the guy Brian Giles was traded for in Jason Bay?
1: It's not really that interesting because I didn't put that kind of thought into it. Um, I just looked at numbers. Yeah. Well, hindsight, you wouldn't
0: have known which guys you're going to end up with. Right. But how funny is it that that's how you ended that thing?
1: You you know, was there anybody on your list that didn't get picked?
0: Yeah, Al Martin.
1: You had Al Martin on your list.
0: I had Al Martin on my list ahead of Jason Bay. Wow. Why? I liked it. The numbers are there,
1: dude. numbers were not great.
0: Uh, he did not.
1: You, you know who made my top 10 that didn't get draft was Reggie Sanders. Reggie Sanders Reggie had Sanders one had year
0: had a, that's it, it was a great it year, was solid. Yeah, it was a great year. Uh, and I didn't, yeah, I didn't go for it, dude. Eight years in Pittsburgh, 342 oh, cool. on base, 280. I, I don't know, 106. Didn't hit very many home runs, no, but it's not all about home runs. He had a 106, no, I uh, OPS. Plus. I'm just on baseball reference here. Only really – I mean, like, his 12 games doesn't count, in you know, his rookie year. Right. Or not even rookie year, right? He was fifth in rookie of the year voting. And then, you know, other than that, like, they were a really bad team. But he was there. He played. He, he only one other time was he below league average in OPS.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I was Army. You know what I mean? I just had a lot of guys that, even if it was for one season, had – had better numbers.
0: And that's maybe what it is. You know what I mean? Six years in Pittsburgh, Um, Jason Bay, 281, 375, so they're kind of close there. OPS Plus is absolutely blows Al Martin out of the water. I'm stupid. But
1: he <laughs> uh, did get Rookie stupid. of the
0: Year, right? Yeah, And yeah, also yeah. only one time below league average in OPS Plus. I mean, I mean this has to just be an overlook to not include. I mean, Jason Bay's on my list. Yeah. And he's right beside Al Martin, and why I put a 10 by Al Martin instead of Jason Bay doesn't make any sense to me. When I look at the numbers now, it doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Remember that time I overlooked our uh, Rule 5 pick? Yeah, yeah,
0: I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Bo, though, I think that's a that's a big one uh, in favor of me. Six years in Pittsburgh, 284, 357, so it's a little bit there. 134 OPS, so a little bit better than than Jason Bay. Did not have a season. A full season with the Pirates where he had a less than stellar year. 118, 143, 145, 132, 149. Just a ridiculous... Now, some of those are prior to, right? But if you start in, 89, or start in 1990, uh, when he started playing outfield all the time, he was second in the MVP voting that year. 1991, he was third in the MB, MPV voting. All-Star and Silver Sluggers both of those years. 132, 149 OPS plus, 32 homers, 18 homers, and then the next year he was gone to the Mets to sign that <laughs> ridiculous contract or whatever, if that's when it was signed, I don't know. But like those two years from Bobby Bonilla, and this is the player I was saying, that a lot of his work was kind of done prior to, but yeah. those two years were his best two years in Pittsburgh, and his best two years in his career, if you look at like MPV, MVP votes, MPV, <laughs> MVP votes, like Bobby Bonilla was was the real deal in 90 and 91 um and that's when he started playing outfield because uh Jeff King came up yeah which puts him on this list not a third baseman but an outfielder um and and how about this one 1989 Bobby Bo played 163 games <laughs> he must have had a playoff or something playoff i don't remember game, that yeah. of course i was 6 years old but <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that, that's uh, you know, just a you know, did you have a guy on your list that you wanted to touch on like that? I mean, we we it was we, Reggie Sanders was the one. Okay. Oh, well but, well, but we also touched we also touched Jason Bay. Bobby Bo was a guy I drafted, which is why I was cu- going after him. Yeah. Andy Van Slyke was probably my fan pick that I moved up in the list.
1: I honestly thought I was going to end up with McCutcheon and Bonds because I didn't think you would draft me, just because I thought you'd go to your next guy.
0: I just couldn't. Yeah. Uh, you probably yeah. still beat me here. Um, I only have one recent guy. All of my guys are old. I have all '90s guys. Well, I mean, Jason Kendall was not '90s necessarily, but um, but like I went with Bonds, Vance, like Benia. Yeah. That's '90 90 and '91. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. That's you know. Yeah. So Vance, like, like well, he was it's
1: fair. They were really good then.
0: Yeah, Vance, like he twice he got fourth in the MVP votes, right? And and Voice in those years, fishy. yeah, in those years, he was also an all star, Gold Glover, and a Silver Slugger. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for me, one of those years was 1988, which doesn't count for this draft. The other year was '92, um, and so like I see that I see '90, '91, '92 were all Gold Glove years. He was an all star in '92 and '93, um, but hitting over 300 on base was ridiculous. So. Um, you know, I'm I, when I look at that and I say 1990, 132, 126, 150, 116 on the OPS marks, and then you know, 94. Obviously, it was is a different story, but um, I mean, for you know, for the whole thing. But uh, you know, basically, I I really liked Andy Vance, like as a like as a fan, he was my dude. How many years in a row did I dress yeah. up as Andy Vance like for Halloween? But also, right. like now that I go back and I look at it, like now nah, the numbers were there too to back up my yeah. draft pick. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, Yours probably still wins, but I still like mine. I thought that was a pretty strong pool of players. Next week, we'll do infielders. Um, once again, guys, we like the fact that we, uh, that we had some responses from you guys. Uh, keep that up. Give us your drafts, outfielders. You could just do it. We did it both that way. So let's do four outfielders and a catcher. Shoot them at me. Um, let us know what you had there. Let us know who won our draft. Um, so basically – Let us know Jake won. Um, Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, Kutch rules this category. He rules this category. It's not even close, by the way. More so than Doug Drabick did last week. This is clear and convincing Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, that's what we're talking about here, guys. Kutch is king. So, all right. Um, What else do we have? Are you got anything to close this thing out?
1: No. No. We're just inching closer to spring training, man.
0: Yeah, we are. It's almost the new year. Great discussion this week. Kind of tackling two things. I know one thing that's close to your heart is the fact that the lineups are crazy. Just uh, real quick, do you have a different uh, kind of viewpoint on lineups at this point before you did when we hit record?
1: Uh, Yes and no. I I guess I get it that you're going to run a different lineup out there a lot, but I still... I I still see when you were talking about there's there's a core yeah that all the good teams have they run them out there every day and it's not just one guy
0: yeah yep and right now for us it's been one guy it's going to be interesting to see how many more guys can lock down a spot in the batting order mm-hmm. <clears throat> and see them out there and I'm just I'm just day in not in and day crazy out.
1: just not crazy about moving where you're at in the lineup a lot
0: yeah yeah like I said I'm okay with it when you're talking about like hey against. Lefties, you, we're gonna we're gonna make an opportunity for somebody else to to rule those at you know the top to put in the top of the order kind of a thing, or take it easy on if I could get O'Neill Cruz to get one like one less left hand. Let's say that he starts against a lefty at leadoff, and then when the fourth hitter gets up, that lefty comes out of the game. Well, if he was hitting fifth, he could have one more at bat against a righty than a lefty. And, you know, just something like that, it could make a difference if he was hitting fifth, which I don't think I'd hit him lower than fourth, but that's just an example that I used.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, all right. And then, of course, you know, let us know about the rest of that stuff. <clears throat> Obviously, as as we close out here, um, none of this, you know, I know I used, like, the, the athletics article, although I didn't really say anything that I disagreed with on there. I kind of just, you know, used them as a way to set up the, thing but also just like saying the stuff about listening to DK's daily shot and all that stuff like by no means was this like oh we disagree with him like it was just you know this is just part of the discussion and um, I I like that I like having the discussion and letting it bleed out I think that you know if anything DK would probably appreciate that at least I would hope so that it would be received well so um, (laughs) anyway that's all I just wanted to you know clarify that I'm not I'm not here to call like to call anybody out you know what I mean it's just not my thing. So, yeah. with that said, let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks.
1: Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. And let's go, Bucks.